Hi everybody, this is Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 27. Yeah, just just kind of a casual one this week. We're just going to be like just talking just generally about Green Lantern, firing some questions back and forth, seeing where the discussion goes. So what's on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I guess I'm going first with the questions then. Sure. Okay. Okay, here's a, here's a quick one. Would you rather have a Green Lantern ring or an F-sharp bell? Hmm. Well, I could display the bell more prominently. It will be a definite conversation starter. <laughs> I think it will be harder to get through airport security, though. But then why would I have to use the airline when I could just fly? Right. I don't know. I think I think if you're gonna if all right. Well, let, let me ask. Can I still see? Sure. All right. Because I mean, the whole point of the F sharp L is like conceptualizing the energy as sound. So, I mean, if I can see anyway, I can see the effects. I wouldn't really need to generate the sound. So it's like, may as well just go with the ring. Right. I mean, if I get into some sort of horrible eye accident, like, I trip and fall on, like, a giant spear that goes through my head but doesn't hit my brain, but I have no eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> um, then I would definitely go for the bell. <laughs> You'll just will it into a bell at that point? Yeah, why not? That sounds like a good idea. People used to change the shapes of their rings constantly. <laughs> yeah. But only if the spear thing happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably go for the ring for the same reason. Although the the concept of the F sharp bell is great as far as like you're defeating enemies with uh, sound waves and stuff like that through a Green Lantern ring. Now you're also triumphing over disability. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know it. Something that strikes me. As you look back, and this used to just be more obvious with Kyle, but the more I think about it, the more it applies to Kyle, John, and Guy. They don't have an arch enemy, like none of them. I mean, you could say John has fatality, yeah. But but like uh, something I didn't realize until fairly recently, her first appearance was in like a Kyle Rayner two-parter where she was fighting him. Really. Yeah, I think, she, I think Ron Mars created her. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I didn't realize that at all. I know, I always thought she was an older character, but I i mean, unless I'm remembering wrong, I don't think she existed until, like, sometime in the 90s. Oh, my God. Hold and on so, a second. Yeah, definitely fact-check that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, you're right. Green Lantern, Volume 3, Number 83. Yeah, that was a... I think that's the thing where she steals his battery and he fights her with bone swords or something. It's weird. But, I mean, even that, it's like... It's like Jon Stewart went his entire career without basically his own villain until, you know, after his Green Lantern career was over, Ron Mars kind of retconned one in. And even then, if somebody, basically only Kyle could fight, because John didn't have any powers. It, it, and, like, Guy Gardner, I, you know, what what's the name of that 
bounty hunter. He was in the first Mogo story. He wears the big red armor. Major Force? No, no, the, um... He was one... Him and Kanjaro were the only survivors during the OI executions. Oh, yeah. Um, Ball something. Balshek or something like that? Yeah, something like that. But, like, like he's the closest thing to a recurring Guy Gardner villain that really stands out in my mind. So, I mean, these, these characters have been around for so long. And, and Kyle, you know... You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Ron Mars that he tried. Like, he keeps trying to give Kyle an arch enemy. You know, he, he invented, uh, Effigy, had him come back a few times, but that didn't work out. And, you know, these days, every time Ron Mars comes back to Kyle Rayner, he has him fighting Alex Nero. So you, you get the feeling like he wants that to be Kyle Sinestro, but that's not really, that doesn't really latch on either. And beyond that, Kyle just kind of fights leftover Hal villains. So it's, it's like, like why is it that these three, you know, for as long as they've been around, they don't have, you know, they don't have their Sinestro, quote unquote. Well, I think Effigy was that was a good one for Kyle. Oh yeah. I just wish it didn't just peter out because I mean. He had a good first showing, and then every time he showed up after then, he was just watered down more and more until he just stopped being effective at all. Yeah, yeah, now he's just kind of like a background character that they throw in when they need a bunch of villains. Yeah, every now and then he'll be in a group shot. Yeah. For Guy, I know he's got a a big grudge against a major force, but, yeah, I mean, even that, like, that's really kind of like Captain Adam's arch nemesis. Yeah, and even that, like, like Major Force should totally be Kyle's arch enemy. Yeah. Because of, like, I mean, at the, the beginning of Kyle's career was Major Force slaughtering his girlfriend Alex. And the end of Kyle's series was Major Force, you know, blowing up Kyle's mom's house and making him think his mom was dead. So, the, the, you know, that that's the kind of character, like, I'm just amazed hasn't crossed into being a Green Lantern villain the same way that Mongol and the Cyborg Superman have. Because, I mean, it's it, he seems so much more important to Kyle Rayner than to anybody else. Mm. I mean, I would almost expect, like, what was it? What was the story? The Public Enemies story in Batman Superman? Right. Where, uh, I, I remember flipping through it in the store, because I haven't read it. And seeing, like, there's this page where all these heroes and government villains or whatever show up to stop. I, I don't know. They show up. And you got Major Force in the forefront, and you got Jon Stewart, like, right behind him. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? Jon should be trying to beat the crap out of Major Force just knowing what he did to Kyle. <laughs> yeah. I thought he just bugs the hell out of me. I don't know. I don't know. Do you th- I mean... Do these characters work better when they're just fighting whoever? Or Actually, maybe it's the fact that since it is kind of like a police corps, you know, they're policing the universe, it makes more sense that they wouldn't have arch nemeses exactly, but just like a stable of villains that they have to keep a watch on. True. I guess that makes sense. And I mean, it, it, this this whole question probably sounds weird for me, just just because I don't like seeing 
like one villain come back over and over and over again. I, I mean, I think it's fantastic that in the first two years of Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern, he brought Sinestro in twice, and that was it. Yeah. But it's just so... It just seemed odd that Kyle, Guy, and John never really got their own almost rogues gallery, or they never had their own per- their own villains that were personal to them, you know? Well, I mean, like, while it's not exactly an enemy per se, Jon Stewart and his failure to save Zanshi, like, it almost makes his own self-doubt his arch enemy. That's true. And same thing with, with Guy... You know his his ego is is like his his biggest you know his biggest enemy. Hmm. Yeah, I could buy that. <laughs> I just, I remember I remember being so excited about uh, effigy the first in that first story arc, and that just ah oh, that was so disappointing. It went nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem was like they. They kept making him more, like, sympathetic. You know? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, if they had played him as, like, a villain, like, oh, you're a villain, you know, okay, you're like Kyle, but you're not going to be bound by, you know, morality, so you're just going to do whatever you want. Okay, that's cool. But then it's like, but then the controllers come and take him back, and they keep messing with him, and he just becomes, like, you know, he just keeps... Like basically breaking down as a character. Yeah, I think the one, the last story in Green Lantern I remember seeing him in, he was, he was basically like a robot almost now, like like he's not mechanical or anything, just like he had no free will, like he could point and shoot, and that was it. Yeah. And Kyle even comments on how like wow they've broken him down to this point with their their telepathy, it's it's just sad. Yeah. Huh. All right, what you got? <laughs> okay, let's see. If you could pick one old character in, you know, any of the previous Green Lantern books that hasn't been brought back at some point, you know, lately, who would you pick? Ooh. Um. Let me think. There's probably, like, a lot of good ones. Um, well, I mean, they've been in the current series, but I really want to see more of, uh, Hal's family. You know, just, I mean, his brother and his brother's kids are living in Coast City. I really, I really, really hope that we'll get to see more of them, like, flesh out that relationship. Right. But, um, you know, something that they never picked up on, and I don't even know when this story happened. It might have been in like the fifties or sixties. Do you? Uh, does the does the name? Oh God, how do you pronounce it? Lord Malvolio ring a bell to you? Oh yes. Oh wow. This was a character who, you know, I think, I think like his father was an alien or his mom was a human or something like that. His dad was in the Green Lantern Corps. And upon his father's death, or maybe even killed his dad, I forget, he ended up with the ring. And as I recall, his whole deal was like, he didn't want anyone else to have that power. 
and eventually like another Green Lantern had to had to you know seal him away in some space station or something. He still had his ring. That's just poor planning, I think. <laughs> and and ev- eventually, like years later, events bring Hal Jordan to him. And this whole elaborate scenario plays out where, you know, Malvolio destroys Hal's ring, so Hal has to fight Malvolio and take his ring and and fly home. And then, like, you think, okay, Hal won. But then you realize, like, okay, this was all a setup. Malvolio is still on the satellite, but he's smiling like he won because now his ring is on Hal's finger. And you're left wondering, all right, well, what the hell was that all about? And as I'm sure you and anyone else who was reading Green Lantern in 1993 knows, right. yes, yes, <laughs> the big popular theory for like a decade was that oh oh this isn't how Jordan going crazy he's got he still has Lord Malvolio's ring on his finger <laughs> Malvolio did something and that's gonna be the big explanation for Emerald Twilight and. It, and what made Hal all weird? And what's weird is like I think these are the same people who were crying foul on the parallax explanation because it made it not Hal's fault. But <laughs> um, but yeah, it it ended up not being that obviously, and they've never nobody, not Jeff Johns, not anybody has ever touched on that story again. And I just think it would be cool to revisit that and just like see what it could be because I mean I had, I've come up with an idea or two of like what they could do in current continuity with that. I, I would just be really interested to see what Jeff Johns would do with it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That's that's a really good one. I had forgotten about him since the 90s when, like you said, that was constantly tossed around as, like, the explanation, the possible explanation. You want to know why I would have done? What? I had the idea because, again, like, Malvolio wanted the whole Green Lantern thing to have all to himself, right? So I had the idea of, like, okay, he's been basically locked in a room with his ring for years. Maybe he toyed around with its programming or whatever. So that, like, like when it's... And this is really broad, because, you know, I was just, like, brainstorming here. But um, he tricks Hal into leaving with his ring. And the idea being that, all right, it's on some kind of timer or something that's going to you know, basically spread a virus to every other ring so that they all shut down, which, you know, event, which would eventually lead Hal to retrace his steps and return to the satellite to find out what the hell happened, at which point Malvolio would overpower him again and take his ring back. And, like, the... But, like, the, the out being that, well, this guy really only knows what he taught himself, plus the fact that, you know... Hal crushed the ring and it got reformed. So it's like it's the programming wouldn't still like it might have been like reset when Ganthet re- reformed the ring, you know? Right. Or wait, no, yeah, because that would be Kyle's ring. Right. Wait. Oh wait, no, 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 that's right. okay. Yeah, no. So Malvolio's ring is on Kyle's finger, which it might have been reset when it got reformed. But Hal is, okay, Hal is using the ring that was a copy of Malvolio's ring that was in Oliver Queen's truck, which couldn't fulfill its programming because it was lying there powerless for years. So now, when he, 
Hal's all of a sudden charging it again, it can start to disseminate the program. Yeah. Actually, yeah, and that's a possibility. And they could also use that to position Kyle Rayner as something, you know, to actually be able to combat him because when he was, when he uh, had the ion powers and he reformed his ring, he basically just, like, reformed it from scratch and said, okay, I'm going to, you know, give it some more abilities and take away some different things. Yes, yeah, and it could it could put it in a position where, you know, you got this seemingly Hal Jordan story that Kyle Rayner ends up having to come to the rescue. Because, I mean... He has the only ring that is, you know, completely free of the programming. Yeah. Ah. Uh, we're amazing. That, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I just thought it would be it would work so well. Like I came up with this in the time when um you know, before Sinestro War, where basically everybody and his mother still hated Hal Jordan. So can you imagine if Hal is standing there among like maybe even floating in space with a bunch of different Green Lanterns, and then all of a sudden everyone's ring but his dies. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine what everyone would think about Hal? Like, even if he saves them in his aura or whatever, they would like he would be accused of sabotaging their rings, of doing of doing the whole Emerald Twilight thing again. It would just it was fan those flames so awesomely. <laughs> That's a lot better than the person that I had picked. Oh, who'd you pick? Purgatory. Oh yeah, I liked him. <laughs> he was in my, in my uh, one of my favorite. Two of my favorite issues, if I recall. Yes. Yeah, no, because, like, he it, at the end of that story, he basically, you know, his soul gets collected by Neron. But at the end of Underworld Unleashed, all of those souls that he had collected basically are allowed to go free. Hmm. Let me ask you, did you read Rain in Hell, the Keith Giffen story from, like, I think last year or this year? I read some of it. Is... Because I know the premise is, like, alright, Neron is still locked in Fate's Tower from 52. So now, you know, it's these different... It's at least two factions fighting over Hell. Did Neron ever get out of Fate's Tower? I don't remember. I don't know. I I, I can't remember. That's a story I want to get to eventually, just because I know like I'll like it because Keith Giffen wrote it. But yeah. I think that he did. I know Faust got out. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If he's out, then Neuron must be out. Hmm. But you know, I'd love. I would love to see Purgatory, and I would love to see Freeze go back to that like kick-ass Iceman Freeze. From from uh, the Ron Mars Paul Pelletier days of Green Lantern, I really like those guys together. Yeah. Oh. Cool. Okay, I guess you're up. Speaking of Kyle, now we've talked about this a lot, and we'll undoubtedly talk about it for a lot longer. What's what do you think should be done with Kyle, like after Blackest Night? Presumably, well, not even pres- like presumably he's going to live, but like, what sh- what should they do with him as a character? Where should they put him? What should his role be? What do you think? That's difficult because like, we don't even know what's going to be the state of 
you know, Green Lantern in general until, you know, Blackest Night is going to be over. So mm. to try and figure out what they should do with him is kind of like, well, if we knew where they were going with everything, then we could say, oh, well, he'll fit in right over there doing blah, blah, blah. But, mm. you know, as it is, like, I, I don't even know. Because, like, we know that they're not going to make him... They're not going to make him a Blue Lantern, according to Jeff Johns. He's not going to be a White Lantern. I can't see that happening now. Mm-hmm. You know... I know in the past you've said he he really works best if he's off on his own, kind of being the unique guy in the corner. Yeah. that's that's That was always my, you know, my opinion of him. So... You know, it'd be nice if they do something like that. Like, but I, I mean, I can't even see what they would do. The way things are going right now, like, how do you put him off on his own? Like, it's becoming so much like, okay, you have the Green Lantern Corps, and then you have Hal Jordan, and you know, you have all the Earth Green Lanterns part of the Corps, and Hal Jordan off on his own. So I mean, like. You know, and Hal Jordan's also doing stuff with the core, but, you know, like, Kyle Rayner just kind of, like, gets, like, swept under the rug and, you know, caught up with everything else. Yeah. Something I would love to see them do, which I can almost guarantee that they're absolutely not going to do, is I would love to see them make Kyle a mainstay of the Justice League again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, whether he's in Green Lantern Corps or not, like, just put him... Like, you can make Justice League his, like, the book that he appears in every month, you know? And just... Because, I mean, there are a lot of people out there who feel like uh, Grant Morrison's run on JLA in the 90s had, like, the best written Kyle Rayner stories and appearances. I, I think that there's a really good... I think there's a really good audience out there that would accept him back as the league's Green Lantern. And it would free up Green Lantern core a little bit more to bring back some more some more of the alien characters that they really haven't been able to show that much. They could also, instead of Jon Stewart only appearing for a couple pages here and there in Green Lantern, you could move him over to Green Lantern core and show him, like, doing stuff throughout Sector 2814, you know? He wouldn't have to be in deep space or anything. Uh, well, with with the big anniversary coming up, it, you know, it kind of seems like they're positioning, you know, the, the big names in the Justice League. So I don't yeah. see yeah, Kyle getting back in there anytime soon. I know, it stinks. I mean... I, there, I Honestly, there is part of me that does want to see just a... Just a nice, simple, well-written Justice League about the just the classic characters. You can just tell fun stories and enjoy them. But at the same time, I, I really... Uh, team books like that almost seem like a waste. Just because like, there are so many characters that don't have their own books that could be put to really good use in these series. I mean, the number of people that would read about Kyle Rayner is in his own solo book is probably a lot lower than the number of people who would read Kyle Rayner with the JLA banner above it, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's I don't know. And I and I mean 
I don't think they should have more than one Justice League book again, because that almost always fails horribly. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to see Kyle go back to a Titans team like he used to be, but... Oh, God, no, please. <laughs> now, like, I can almost see, like, something happening in Blackest Night where Kyle Rayner is called on again to, like, be the torchbearer and save, you know, you know, whatever again. Yeah. And then maybe he changes his name to the torchbearer. No. I don't know. Sorry, go on. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, why does it... Why is it that they seem... All right. I've, I've said before, I fully believe that if that 12-issue Ion thing sold better, we would have an Ion ongoing series already. But why, why is it, like... I mean, all right, it's one thing during the 90s when they wanted to go for the whole, all right, we only have one Green Lantern thing. We're not even going to let Alan Scott use the name. But now they're obviously embracing... Well, they're embracing the core like crazy. They're even letting multiple cores happen. So, I mean, why wh- why not just let Kyle stay Green Lantern, be called Green Lantern, just come up with, like, a new, like, like add-on word for the title of his solo book? You know, what I'm saying is, like, call him Torchbearer or Green Lantern Torchbearer because I don't think he's going to get his own series but I think that they would give him a backup in Green Lantern Corps. Oh, like like uh, go the co-feature route, like, like they're going with a lot of books? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I would, with the amount of press Green Lantern's getting, and we've never done this before, maybe we should start looking for, like, like sales figures and whatever, but I imagine Green Lantern is selling a lot better now than it was before. And everybody's attention is on it. So, I mean, I mean, I would be really surprised if we don't get another, like, a third Green Lantern book out, like, after Blackest Night is over. You know, I mean, they could, I mean, we said, we even said, like, they could expand by giving us back Green Lantern Mosaic and give Jon Stewart another run at it. Maybe they could revive Green Lantern Mosaic and make it Kyle's book somehow. I... I mean, it just seems so weird. Like, Kyle Rayner has proven that he can sustain an ongoing series for a lot of years. So why are, why are you going to just... Why, why, why wouldn't you try it again? You know? Because he doesn't have the ability to, to carry a book anymore. Like, when he started, he was the only one, and he fit in that time period, and he did really well. And since then, since his series ended, they've shifted so much focus away from him. He's become, you know, okay, so he's a supporting character in Green Lantern Corps. But, like, his role as Green Lantern has diminished so much, and now you have so many other options for Green Lantern. I would definitely buy his book. I was, I would buy his book in a heartbeat. But oh, yeah. I think that the, the general consensus would be, like, you know, unless you're doing a series like, you know, the Ion miniseries as Ron Mars had actually, you know, intended it as far as, you know, stories that make him, you know, actually mean something, giving him his own book and just fighting crime and, you know, 
doing stuff the typical Green, Green Lantern does, I don't think he could he could you know carry a book like that anymore. I don't I, like be, just because it's not different enough, or just because it's not different enough, and he's not as high profile as he used to be. That's why I think like if you're gonna do anything, have him with a I don't know co-feature with uh, John Stewart. Let them like both be in like a mosaic book or something like that. Yeah, I mean I I really think the only reason they haven't been giving us a lot like like a lot of Kyle centric stories like that is just is because there was like a conscious editorial decision. And creative and editorial, because obviously the writers wanted to use them, but like there was a conscious decision to just tell Hal stories instead. I mean, I think like if they didn't want to do Green Lantern Rebirth and bring back Hal Jordan, I think we would still have Kyle Rayner's book today. Because I mean, like, I, I, just to make a comparison in the same company, Wonder Woman, you know, she's. Like, her her sales are constantly terrible, as far as comics go. But they keep using Wonder Woman in teams, they keep using Wonder Woman in her own solo series, because they don't want to lose that brand, you know? So, like, no matter what they do, they would have a Green Lantern... They would have a Green Lantern comic. So, it's, it's like... I don't, maybe, if, maybe it factors into the fact that, like, there's only one Wonder Woman, whereas there's a lot of different Green Lanterns. So that whereas, um, you know, okay, Hal Jordan's book isn't selling as well anymore. What do we do? Well, let's get rid of him and bring in Kyle Rayner. All right, it's, your, it's a decade later. Kyle Rayner's book isn't selling very well anymore. What should we do? Well, let's get rid, let's move him to the side and bring in Hal Jordan again. Whereas with Wonder Woman, you really don't have that option. You can just kind of you can cancel her book for a while and then bring it back. Or you can just move her to the Justice League, or move her off of it, or whatever. Right. But I mean, it's it just seems like like with Kyle, it was like I I feel like anyone at any given time can sit down, write a kick ass Kyle Rayner story, and remind everyone out there why he was awesome in the first place. They're just not. <laughs> Possibly. I guess we'll just have to wait and see and hope that they do something with him. <laughs> oh my god. Do you, what's your next one? I have to write down this one. I just came up with this funny. So, um, well, speaking of Kyle Rayner, would you rather, like, say you're, you have been given a Green Lantern ring, would you rather go with, uh, Kyle's kind of like crab shell mask or Hal's domino mask. <laughs> I, you know, I would, I always thought I would go with Hal's just cause I think it looks better. But at the same time, like, I, I, I don't, I mean, if we're in the real world, that's not going to be effective as a mask. Whereas, you know, they even said in the comics a, a while ago, like, Kyle's at least covers half his face. Right. So, I would... Plus, I, I think Kyle's, depending on... Alright, here's the thing. Depending on who draws Kyle's mask... Yeah. Whether we're talking about currently or back in the day or whatever, it 
you, it, it shows up like every conceivable size, you know, sometimes it's so big, like it's extending like off of his head past his ears. Sometimes it's like an inch thick. Sometimes it's little, little, I mean, I mean, when Kyle got his new costume, he even started out with like the Hal Jordan mask and it slowly just kind of morphed into like a slightly smaller version of his original mask, you know? So I think if 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 it was sized right, I would I might go with uh Kyle's more Kyle-y mask. <laughs> yeah, like I like the practicality of Kyle's mask, but I would probably go with Hal's mask just because it looks cooler. People would see you and go, "Hey, it's Robin." <laughs> <laughs> Somebody makes, well, the DC director, because I, I know somebody made, like, these Green Lantern mask props. They have a Kyle and a Hal out there. Really? Yeah, we'll have to find those. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, you got another question? I have one that's going to be horrible. All right. Think, they're still Green Lanterns, but they got to make a living. If they could not do their chosen professions, you know, if... uh if Guy couldn't be a bartender, if Hal couldn't be a test pilot, if or an Air Force dude or whatever he does, if Kyle couldn't be an artist and John could not be an architect, like what jobs would they could they do? And like I should throw in there, you can you can be like like funny or or accurate with it because I'll be honest, <laughs> the the reason that I asked this is because it hit me, it like it came into my head, hey. Kyle Rayner should never, like, do refrigerator maintenance or anything. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, I would say for Guy Gardner, he could either go with doing porn or... What? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, uh... Yeah, like movies. Like porn movies. Well, no, like acting or directing? <laughs> Both. Uh He's got the ego for it. Okay. <laughs> or? Or, like, a customer service call center. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ring, punch this guy through the phone. <laughs> oh, God. I could see him going into demolition. Yeah. Like, working at a construction site. Because, I mean, realistically, blowing up shit and going home is what he does now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Could you imagine him going back to being a gym teacher? Oh, God, no. In, like, an elementary school or something? <laughs> That'd actually be a pretty funny story. Uh, oh. For Jon Stewart, I don't know, I'd probably say, like, go back to the military. Mm. Or, like, a, a kindergarten teacher. I think that'd be funny. Why? Kindergarten, <laughs> kindergarten space cop. Oh my god. Did you seriously just make an Arnold Schwarzenegger joke? Like, that, that seriously just popped into my head. That's terrible. Um. Oh god. For Kyle Rayner. Why do I know you? <laughs> if he couldn't be an artist. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I think Hal Jordan would like, like, be one of those guys that 
jumps with you if you want to go skydiving. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. And he would always leave his ring on the ground. Oh, God. <laughs> He'd be uh, one of those guys that, like, gives uh, demonstrations with alligators. And he, like, put... <laughs> He'll put his head in the in the alligator, and he always leaves his ring in the office. Oh, oh dude. Okay, not the alligator thing. Um, my, <laughs> one of my uh, like one of my managers at work was telling me a story one night about like, uh, it, uh, his dad was in the military, and like his dad like like they were being trained how to do everything, and they teach you how to jump out of planes. So like they're up there, their instructors shouting at him. And he's like, he does the whole speech about like how what not to do when you're jumping out of a plane. And then he's like, like here we go, and he jumps, and like the instructor's chute doesn't open, and he falls, and he bounces, and he dies. And they're just up in the plane looking at each other like he was teaching us. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> he hit the ground. He bounced, and he died. Yeah. Did he die from the initial impact, or was it the bounce that killed him? I would think it was the initial impact, because if you hit <laughs> hard enough, you're going to bounce. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was promptly told by his father, you know, <laughs> you, you go to war, I'll kill you myself. <laughs> huh. oh, <laughs> um, hey, would, would John, do you think, would he do, like, recruitment for the army? That'd be cool. I, I, I could see that. Hmm. Okay, um, I got one last, uh, one last topic. Alright. Okay, so now I was looking on the forums, and I don't think it was our forums, I think it was in the CGS forums. Somebody came up with the idea that possibly the reason why they're not showing the Wonder Woman figure from the, the Blackest Night toy line is because maybe she'll be, like, some sort of White Lantern, kind of like Dove. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, my first thought when I realized, like, oh, they're, they weren't showing the Wonder Woman figure was, oh, they're going to kill Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, they only would if, you know, if she was going to be one of the Black Lanterns that got revived, but... I don't know, like... I think it's a really good bet that she's going to end up with a ring. I don't know what ring. Like, they might pull... Because, I mean, knee-jerk reaction for me, at least, is to say, oh, she's going to die, so she'll have a black ring on. I'm still not quite buying the whole White Lantern thing. So, I mean, if she ended up with, like, a hope ring or something, or a compassion... I don't know. I could see them, them obscuring it for that. You could see her with, like, a hope or a compassion ring? Yeah. Because, I mean, she's... All right, she's a diplomat. She, I mean, she's a warrior, but she's not all, like, gung-ho about going out there and kicking the crap out of people and killing her enemies. And she, she, She'll do that. She'll kill people if she sees the, the need. You know, she's not just going to, like to off people left and right because she's a warrior. She's She has a practical reason for it. And a lot of times when she fights, she's trying to end the conflict peacefully. Like, like she'll, she'll try and talk the opponent down if she thinks she can, you know? 
Hmm. I don't know. I'm looking at the silhouette of the figure again. Does it look zombie-like? <laughs> Completely impossible to tell. Maybe they'll make her a star sapphire since they dress the same. Yeah. Bastards. <laughs> well. Oh. Well. Yeah, I guess she doesn't have to have a cape. Hmm? Yeah, if she had a cape, then it would be that Black Lantern cape thing. Well, she has a black... She has a cape sometimes. Right. Well, not in this figure. That we know of. No. No. They show the silhouettes of the capes. Mm. Let's see. I don't know. I I don't necessarily see her as being a, like, a white lantern, exactly. But I also don't see her as compassion. I definitely don't see her as compassion. Why not? Just because of, like, things that she has done. Well, I mean, like, look at her entire, like, her entire point of coming to, you know, quote-unquote man's world was to be, like, a diplomatic emissary of her home, you know, and she's, her whole deal is trying to, like, smooth over relations between the two cultures, and she's, she's not like this, like, battle-hungry jerk. (laughs) She's always the one like, approaching the United Nations. You know, she's always the one that goes to try and talk to an alien delegation to try and, like, get them to not to, not to attack Earth. You know, she's... You know, re- do you remember that issue where she fought the that alien Green Lantern from, like, a couple years ago? I think it was, it was like, early in the current series of hers. Yeah, yeah, the, the one from, uh... It was, like, the Kund homeworld, or how... That's it, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and like this, the Green Lantern is like all like, it's it's a real personal conflict for him. He's taken no prisoners. He's going after her. He's and she's she's playing it calm. She's trying to talk him down. Meanwhile, she yeah, she is a warrior and she's using her knowledge and skill as a warrior to figure out all right, how do I quell the situation as non-violently as I can without hurting this guy too much so that I can get him to stop fighting. Hmm. I don't know. Looking at the Wonder Woman origins and omens, they make a lot of references to love, so... Huh. I don't know. How much it ends up she's completely normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Wonder Woman figure, like normal. What about her mom? Is her mom still alive or is she dead still? Um, let's see. I know she died in Our Worlds at War, but she was back in Countdown, but they're ignoring Countdown. So, (laughs) yes? (laughs) I don't know. Nice. Oh, wait, no, I think she was in uh, Amazon's Attack, so I think she's back. Uh, wait, was she back, or was she actually somebody else impersonating her? Oh, that's right. Cause, okay, because I think that's what the Countdown story was about. That was about the real her confronting the other one. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine if I, I, I can't even find out if she's still alive or not. I think she's still alive, but hmm. I don't know. Oh, anyway, we'll see. I guess. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out when we read Black as Night Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they just they reveal what the figure is going to be sooner sooner than that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know. You want so badly you can just sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I want to know. Okay, I guess we're done. Yeah, I got nothing else. Sounds good. Alright, so, if you want to contact us, it's lanterncast at gmail.com or... Our forum at thecomicforums.com. Scroll down to L for Lanterncast. That's us. We have a website at lanterncast.com. There you'll find links to our forum or also to our Facebook page. Go there. Join up. Be cool. Very. And uh, we're on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. And we all have email addresses. Yep. Yep. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to know what those email addresses are, listen to one of our other episodes. No, join our Facebook page and you'll find out there. (laughs) Uh. So long, everybody. Bye. guys, it's Corwin. I was actually in the car listening to episode 25.5. Uh, I had to go to the store for my wife. Uh, <laughs> she's sick, so I had to pick up a medication. Let me just say that. And I'm listening to Dan's little taste test for the Mountain Dew Ultraviolet. So, go in the store and I decide I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick up a bottle because I need some caffeine to keep me going tonight. Got a podcast to record, so... Grab the Ultraviolet, grab medication, get to the car, flip out my phone to give you guys a call... And then I realized I didn't have your phone number. And of course, yes, I guess I am that much of a geek where I keep podcast phone numbers in my phone so I can just call at any given time. So uh, I had to wait till I get home, obviously, and look you guys up online until I realized somebody else already mentioned uh, giving it a try. So here I am with Mountain Dew, actually ultraviolet, actually says diet, zero calorie, so... I don't know if this is the same one you had, Dan, but if I do die, just you know, I want this to be my last will and testament. I don't know if you just heard that, but I'm cracking it open and I'm going to give it a sip. Um, it is kind of berry-ish. It's like tastes like water and a bit of 
carbonated carbonated water with a touch of what is it like the purple purple uh, Gatorade anyway it's pretty nasty at least the diet version is but uh, I'm hoping it has the same amount of caffeine let's see what the percentage of caffeine is actually it doesn't caffeine content 36 milligrams per 8 fluid ounce so hopefully it'll get me wired soon if I can stomach drinking the rest of it but I uh, just wanted to be the first one to, well probably not the first one but I just wanted to call this in and I had the idea before I even saw it on the forums when I was looking up your phone number but talk to you guys later peace <laughs>